The Marty's Music Kitchen podcast is brought to you in cooperation with Oregon Music News. Hi, I'm Marty Mendenhall, and I'm here with... Dylan Dean. Dylan Dean. And Dylan is an amazing multi-instrumentalist, which means what, Dylan? Uh, It means that technically you have to play more than one instrument, which I kind of don't do. (laughs) You do too. (laughs) I play violin, uh, viola, which is like a bigger violin, and guitar and some piano. And you put out three albums this year, and we'll talk about that on the show. We also talk about cooking for your kids, and what Mm -hmm. did we make today in the kitchen? We made a sweet potato, ham, rosemary, frittata with goat cheese, parmesan cheese, yum, yum, yum. And we also made a crepe with uh, pistachio and creme fraiche and a little bit of nutmeg and honey. And we're going to have all of those recipes on the podcast. So we hope that you tune in and join us on the next Marty's, Marty's Music, Music Kitchen. Kitchen. <laughs> so hi, Dylan. Hi, Marty. Welcome to Marty's Music oh, Kitchen. Oh, thank you so much. It's so nice to be here. Actually, we're technically in Dylan's Music Kitchen. Yeah. Dylan Dean's That's Music true. Kitchen. That's true, but we can call it Marty's Kitchen. For okay, today. great. And this is a beautiful space. There's so much light in here. Thank and you. You've got the beautiful countertops and uh, cast iron times two times on the stove. two. So are yeah. those... Uh, I warned you about them, but they truly are my, after my wife, my true love affair. So <gasps> wow. Well, I'm glad are, at least she's... So it goes wife, cast iron skillets, and then children. And then the kids. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, all no, right. I do love them. They're, they're low maintenance, and I just leave them there, and I use them throughout the day. Often I leave the butter or the oil from breakfast for lunch or dinner. Probably shouldn't admit that, but it, it just keeps going, and it gains flavor. I, I, they work really well for have, me. Have those pans been with you for a while? I had one of them for about a decade, and then this guy infiltrated about five years ago have the twins. I have twin everything now in my life. Do you really? Twins. Which are below the cast iron skillets in the pecking order. I understand. Just, just don't quote me on that. Okay. Please edit that part Shh, out. That's what's, no one will ever know. Okay, good. 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 There's All right. one for each of them when they can finally cook. <laughs> there you, oh, that's so sweet. They do cook, actually. It's that's really right. cute. That's awesome. Your kids cook? Yeah. Yeah, they'll come up. My little daughter will put her little step stool here and she's stirring in the morning. That's kind of the point of this whole routine today is to show you kind of what 645 and the Dean household looks like. Really? Well, how (laughs) old are your kids? They're six. Six. That's a great age. It's a great age. They're going in, they're in first grade, right? Uh, They are in kindergarten going into first grade. Sweet. And so the breakfast routine looks like what we've got laid out on the counter. So what are we cooking today? So we're going to do kind of a frittata egg dish. uh, And this is lately my kid's favorite thing. So my whole point with cooking for them in the morning is to say, taste something different all the time and also set your metabolism and your appetite differently by having something savory in the morning rather than something sweet that goes down easily. You mean like waffles like or waffles, pancakes or But I'm also making toast. crepes, so they, oh, get, they well. get a little bit of each. But it was great because one day a week we let them go and get school breakfast, which is cereal and little chocolatey croissants and stuff like that. And today, I won. You did? I won. So I I came to breakfast, I came downstairs, and I said, guys, it's school breakfast day. And they said, but daddy, 
we need eggs because otherwise it's too sweet. Oh, and I said, yes. You've done your job. I've done my job. job. I'm I so proud of you I as a won. parent. So you I know, won. it's funny. I have to tell you, if you guys hear the background noise, it is absolutely pouring rain. Pouring We're supposed to get all of our rain, our monthly uh, May allotment of rain, today and tomorrow. Did you Jeez. know that? Does it mean that the rest of May will be sunny? Are you promising me that right now? <laughs> Um, yes. Okay. Yes, I am. I'm going to find you. Why not? You're going to find me and track me down. Should well, we make me cooking? breakfast first. And All what right. are we making, by the way? So, uh, this is a butternut squash, ham steak, spinach, rosemary, uh, frittata. And then there's going to be goat cheese and Parmesan on there. Wow, this is, sounds delicious. This, which I absolutely did not put in a Nutribullet and blend up and just mortared with my own might. What is it? Pistachio. I'm just kidding. I actually just blend up. Blend up. <laughs> I'm like, it's, really? It's wow. Pistachio, I'm really cardamom. impressed. The mortar and pestle. What did you do? <laughs> Blended it all up into a paste. So this is going to go in the crepes. And it's pistachio, cardamom, a little bit of uh, Himalayan rock salt, like those little, you know, little kind of BB sized pieces of salt. And you just put it in a blender? Just put it in the blender. And but what kind of I do of, uh, love using the mortar and pestle. Can I taste kind of it? My, oh please. Do grab you mind? Some. I'm just no. gonna take a finger. Grab some. Because I can. Because I'm going to. So it's gonna be kind of thick and a little bit savory. There's mm. a bit of powdered sugar in there too. Mm-hmm. That tastes um kind of tastes like a savory pistachio butter. Mm -hmm. It's delicious. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, I'm gonna remember that. So under here is creme fraiche. Mm-hmm. Creme Vermont Creamery, creme fraiche. So Vermont Creamery, I come from Vermont. It's a hail from Vermont. Transplant, you hail? Yes. You hail from? I moved here in 2010. Well, actually that was from Rhode Island, but I was born in Vermont. Spent a lot of years there, still love it. Feels like the little cousin of Oregon or something like that. And so you moved here when you got uh, your MD. I did. Yep, I moved here for uh, emergency medicine residency at OHSU. Ah, I used to work at OHSU, so we have that in common. <laughs> we totally passed each I, other. We, we passed each other, right? I checked the dates, and I wasn't. It wouldn't have been involved in projects that you were involved in when you were there. Yeah. And so, by the time I went to work on change management projects, when you were there, you were already gone. So. Yeah. But, but I probably, yeah. you were probably the one humming a tune when I passed you in the hallway. Oh, uh, probably. Well, I also conducted so the better. OHSU Carolers for nine years. Did you really? Yeah. So if you ever saw those Christmas people that I'm doing this in front of them. Did you it, ever do it in the ambulance bank? Uh, I don't know if we did. We did it mostly through the wards. So uh -huh. we sang for patients. And one of the most uh, poignant experiences was singing for someone who was dying. And they uh -huh. requested the song of Silent Night. Mm -hmm. And I still get kind of choked up thinking sure, about it because sure. we're singing Silent Night. And it's probably the last, you know, I mean, they had like 24 hours left. So very sad. And it was funny because as we were singing the choir, one by one, everybody dropped out mm. because they were all choked up. Mm. And I, um, we had like one person singing at the end because everybody else was crying. Oh my gosh. So, but you know, those are the experiences that make, no make doubt. it worth it. So. Yeah. All right, so tell me what's going on in this uh, little so, cast okay. iron skillet. So off we go with the butternut squash. So the whole, what I'm trying to show you guys is that you can make your kids something good that seems like it's all this big production, but actually just takes about 15, 20 minutes. 
Um, and then they have something interesting in their bellies rather than just syrup and waffles. Right, you're training them. Not that I don't make syrup and waffles all the time. Yeah, well, yeah, of course. Every once in a while. But um, so off, off we go with these sweet potatoes. Did and then you, what have you got, uh, what kind of oils on there? There is, oh, that's very important. I forgot to mention to you that I love Kerrygold butter. Have you ever had that? No, what is oh, it? Oh man, Kerrygold butter. So it's grass-fed, uh, yeah, let me show you the wrapper. If I can oh, get, yeah, please get do. around these Kerrygold butter, is dun, it dun, local? Dun. It, I don't think it is, I think it's from Ireland. Pure Irish butter. Kerrygold. Nice. And it's just a really, like, you, the flavor of it is so good. It says Irish grass-fed cows. I don't think this is local. I don't think so either. And the price tag probably oh. <laughs> reveals that. Well, um, so, okay, pure Irish <clears throat> butter. It tastes delicious, and we should be eating it. Yeah. Well, so I like that. So my, my, my whole thing, you know, there's the medical side of things where if you eat sugar first thing in the morning, you eat, and that includes starches, then your whole metabolism gets set differently compared to if you eat fats or protein. Um, so I really try my own personal diet. I don't eat at, after 8 p.m. if I can, and then I don't eat before 10 a.m. But the first thing I eat is always protein or fat, uh, or fat and greens. And the reason for that is that it sets my metabolism more like this, so that my insulin isn't spiking. So blood, sugar, yeah. blood sugar isn't spiking. Yeah. So if you pound your kids with croissants in the morning, their insulin goes like this, and they actually have a way higher chance of getting diabetes. Well, I am uh, edging ever closer to being type 2 diabetic. Um, it's in my family, unfortunately. I'm like, I would be like the sixth, fifth or sixth generation. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm fighting the good fight. But, you know, I'm Super really trying common. to eat healthy and um, keep my blood sugar balanced throughout the day, which is always a challenge, yeah. especially when you love Pinot Noir, as I do. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, you just have to balance that out with maybe not a, a bottle, but maybe a glass with some protein first, I relate, you know. I relate to you. So you want to know my secret? for diet. Oh, what's your secret? Oh, please. Okay. Yes. I'll, I'll walk you through my secret. All right. Right now I'm adding this ham steak though. And the ham steak is real nice because it's got this kind of sweet flavor, but it adds the oils to mix in and the sweet potatoes start to soak that up. Is it just straight ham or is it like smoked? Just straight ham. Just straight just Virginia ham. Virginia country ham. And so I'll start to mix these guys together. Um, but this gets things going at the bottom of the pan so everybody starts to soak up that nice rich flavor. And then in will come my secret sauce. Do you and, want to know my, and my secret? rosemary, yes. I don't own a cast iron skillet yet. And I love them. Oh, I'm getting the eye. Look, look, I'm getting the, I'm getting the stink eye <laughs> from Dr. Dylan Dean. But I'm going, I would like to get one eventually. I know um, I'm getting you for your birthday. For, for my birthday, you're gonna have to wait till Christmas, but because my birthday's on Christmas, but okay. that's okay. Double, double present. But I always look at these great meals in a, in a cast iron skillet and I'm, I want that flavor. I'm a big fan of it. I just don't yeah. have one at home to cook with yet. You know, it's, it's probably not the best thing. I just, I, I'm really drawn to, to things that are low maintenance, strong, and not frilly. So like I love succulents because you, you don't have to do a lot. And if right? you do too much, you ruin them. Oh, you're going to love my yard. Okay, good. <laughs> 
So anyway, back to my secret for the diet. Mm -hmm. Because I, I, so when we had twins, I got really overweight and I wasn't exercising. Uh, and then I just kind of got back to my baseline in the past year or so. So here's my secret, it's pretty straightforward. Don't eat before 10, mm -hmm. don't eat after eight. Start with protein and fats or, and greens. And don't drink your calories. Mm -hmm. And then one day a week, cheat. I love the cheat. I'm actually doing a lot of that, but um, I usually wait till like nine, but I get up wicked early. Yeah. Um, what about like a coffee or some totally kind of a fine. green tea or something first thing? Absolutely fine. Because my mother always says that the coffee spikes our blood sugar. And so I'm cautious around that. Mm. Um, but I do enjoy a little bit of caffeine in the morning. Sure. It doesn't have to be a ton. Yeah. It could be a cup of tea or something, but I'm always no, in my head, I'm fine. wondering, am I spiking my blood sugar? Yeah, uh, ideally it's black coffee, but you, there are all these you know, fancy things you can put, you know, coconut oil based stuff. I, what I do do sometimes is put butter in my coffee. What? Yeah, or coconut oil, in goes the fat, no sugar. No lactose. But it gives it, well, the coconut oil especially, it would make it taste like a coconut mocha or something. Yeah. You kind of have to. Oh, I'm going to try it. A little bit of stevia if you like that kind of sweetness. I do uh, on occasion. I have to kind of get used to it, but I do have that in my kitchen. I'm with you. I have to get used to it too. All right, in comes the rosemary. I have a giant a rosemary bush in my backyard. I do this often. There's mine. Hmm? Ready? Oh my gosh. See Look at there? your garden. That's where the uh, rosemary came from. Nice. That is a nice location right off your kitchen. Smart. I can't take credit for it. Actually, I can. I, plan I put that there. I can. I thought that that was one of the things that was already there, but actually, wow. I, I can take responsibility for that okay. plant well, that is now flowering right outside the door. That's awesome. Thank you for the uh, diet tips. Oh, yeah. Because I'm always into trying, to, trying something different, and I've had some success lately, so I'm yeah. into dialing it in even further. Uh, if you want to go further with that, so if you, especially if you're up early, uh -huh. if you exercise before you have your first meal, yep. um, you'll really start dropping the LBs. Yeah. Uh, that goes for everybody. And so if you do get that exercise in, it brings your metabolism up to here. So you're way, you're way more efficient about getting your calories down. My lazy gene says, no. I know. And the other part of me says, oh. yes, do it. Yeah. Get up and before even your coffee, do 20 reps of something. So I can do that. Body weight, body weight squats. Doesn't even have to be push-ups. That's what I do. Body weight I squats. I like the push-ups. Yeah, that'll set your metabolism up. All right, good to know. How many? Simple things, 20 reps. 20. All right, here's my secret sauce. Okay. Ta -da -da. Ta -da -da -da. It says garlic sauce, but I can't see the brand. I don't even, there's so much, it's like Dr. Bronner's, but in a edible sauce. There's so much stuff in here. What I do know is that my wife found it, and she didn't do this on purpose, but it's Lebanese, and I'm part Lebanese. Oh. Um, so that was kind of a nice coincidence. Yeah, super nice. So it basically all this is is garlic, lemon juice, olive oil, salt, pepper, and then they say, and love. And love, and love. If you're trying to save time with the kids in the morning, I just squirt this stuff on here like this. I'm not measuring anything. And then I mix it in, and now I'm not having to mince up garlic, which mm -hmm. I do do and I like doing. But this saves yourself, you know, five, six, seven minutes. And it's going to add a little bit of moisture. And the olive oil, yeah. It smells delicious. We're getting It's there. really starting to kind of go together. And the ham's starting to brown a little bit. So caramelize. Yep. That's nice. Mm -hmm. Can you smell the rosemary? Yes. 
Did you have COVID recently? Have you lost your your sense of smell and taste? Oh, I hope no. Okay, that would be terrible if you're doing this. I know. For me, that would be. I mean, of course, I'd lose weight instantly, but it would be tragic loss. Absolutely. Really sad. Here comes that rain. I know. It's kind of fun. It's like a low-level rumble. And it's just pouring, but it's beautiful. Yeah. When I was young, I had um, I had this roof right off of my bedroom window, and my bed was right along the window. And so rain, and really in Vermont, it was the snow that got me. You know, so I'd fall asleep to the snow. It was the best feeling in the world. You almost hear it. But the rain coming down on that metal roof, it's just the best. And you go to sleep. And I go like, right to sleep. Put your, yeah, beautiful. I love snow. I mm. have a, a real affinity for that. I mm. love um, watching the snow. I get, I still feel like an excited kid when the snow starts to come down. You Me know, too. I'm just like, all right. Ah. Yeah. So and when I was a kid in Oregon, um, we actually used to get enough snow that we uh, went sledding. I lived at the base of the hill from the Oregon City High School, mm-hmm. and we used to sled down this hill. It's like six blocks That's long. That's a big hill. It's a huge hill. Yeah. Uh, we had so much. We'd post like station people at the different intersections and stuff, but yeah. that was just fun. And then, you know, by the time I got to be a teenager, the snow just Wasn't didn't there anymore. just didn't come down and thick enough to yeah. be able to do that kind of thing. Yeah. So I don't know why, what that, you know, whether we're just in a phase or whatever, but. Um, I do remember it used to be such a big deal. Plus, yeah, you know, for sure. school days. So yeah. did you start playing when you were young? So the first time I really started thinking about music, so I'm going to salt these guys. Probably wrong to do that in the world of cooking. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But um, before the eggs, I like the salt to get pulled up by the sweet potato. A little bit of pepper here, too. So um, the first time that I thought music is something that I think about and that is in me was when my principal in elementary school heard me singing at what was called Thursday Rep, where we all got together and sang songs and all this stuff. And this was in Vermont, so you can imagine, you know, kind of the, the kind of lefty culture of Vermont and these old buildings and stuff. But the principal sat beside me and I was harmonizing to the song and I was about seven. I didn't really even know what harmonization was. I mean, I guess I did, because my family sang, and you know. But he said, Are you, has someone ever told you to do that? And I said, no. And he said, I remember him saying, that's amazing. And I remember thinking to myself, that's not amazing. That's just, that's just that's music. That's just who I am. That's just music. But then, you know, yeah, I've evolved as this harmony machine. It is kind of my thing. And so I love playing with other people because I love complimenting <laughs> what they're doing. You know, um, it's just something that very much comes naturally to me. Um, but yeah, music it started way back then. That's, uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I grew up um, with music in my family. My father was a huge um, classical fan, and I'm sure even though I took classical lessons all the way through high school. I played piano and I Mm -hmm. sang. Classical was never like my passion, much to my father's probably dismay. Mm -hmm. Um, It was always jazz. And um, my mom's side of the family, she sang uh, folk tunes, but she always sang the jazz standards, as did her whole family. And so I learned a lot of my jazz standards, the very first one, from her. And so all of my music kind of has that flavor of jazz but it's not necessarily jazz yeah. and it might have a little bit of classical feel and you oh, know cool. it's just a little bit of 
everything. Yeah, you know, all music is music. You know. Yeah. So um, I relate to that a lot. So this is important to sneak into the kids, right? Okay. What is this? Spinach. Spinach. So it's hard to get veggies in kids, but I sneak it in by chopping it up and do they making know it less it's spinach, visible. Dad? They do, and they, you know, I've won that battle too. They like spinach now. <laughs> but uh, but at first it was uh, all about hiding it, uh, and then you you it's like my first betrayal to sh just prove to them that they like it first and hopefully only so you like you, you know you give them this you, you gotta lie to them first before you can be truthful yes so you're saying you liked that didn't you with all the bacon and the eggs and stuff like this and then they say yes we loved this and i said you also loved spinach and they said how do you know and i said because i put it in there because you just ate it yeah no. So it's a good way to get things in the kids that they wouldn't otherwise eat. So that, and it's beautiful, like green with the orange and everything there. It is beautiful. It's very colorful. And in fact, I do my soups like that when I'm cooking over the stove. Sometimes I'm doing it by color. Mm -hmm. So when I'm trying to think, what am I going to add? I mm -hmm. look in my cupboard and if I need, if it's a bean and everything, I'm doing a white soup, I might not add a white bean. I might add green beans for color or... Um, you know, something else. And the same with a pasta, you know. Yeah. Um, I like just giving something of contrast. So totally. in a pasta, I might saute up some carrot and onion and throw it in there yeah. just for the color. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you might not think that this right here is going to go in this dish, but I'm going to put it in there because it's green. <laughs> uh, you mean the watermelon? Yeah. I'm going to say that would be probably not a bad flavor, but it, it would be different. sounds kind of good. We could do I'm that. Actually, some of the best watermelon I have ever had uh, was on another interview, um, and he, uh, Antimo, Antimo, and he took... Antimo, that's his name? Yes, that's his name. Okay. He's Italian. Nice. Um, and he took... Um, little slices of like chunks of watermelon and he put uh, blueberries on them uh, blue you know, he skewered a couple oh, of blueberries yeah. on top and then sprinkled it with cinnamon and it Ooh. was really good it was just a slightly different take and all those flavors together were delicious so. yeah and then you could you know that sounds good and also if you if you could somehow like freeze the watermelon and like make it like a sorbet kind of thing oh yeah so this is my favorite whisk, trick. by the way. Your plastic spoon? My kid's plastic spoon. Oh. Yeah. And how many eggs are you whisking right now? Five. Like, I'm not going to put this in the oven. Uh -huh. So I'm hoping that we'll, we'll get this done just as is. So then, why don't you tell our listeners what the difference is between a frittata and a quiche? Ooh. Well, frittatas don't have crust, right? Right. Exactly. Okay, a quiche good. has a crust and a frittata doesn't. It's basically the same thing. Um, um, someone may argue with me on that, but basically it's the same thing except yeah. without a crust. Well, you shouldn't quiz me too much on food stuff because <laughs> I'm just an improvisational you, you cook. Might, you might panic and <laughs> yes, not know the totally. answer. No more quizzes. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to do that. All right. It sounds good. No, you can quiz me all you want. So I cover this to basically like simulate an oven. Um, it's just my way of, of sealing in the moisture and the heat a little bit uh, and about, getting the top to cook. About how long are you going to have that covered? Well, now I'll start to move towards the crepes and feel it out. So I'll check back and see how it's looking. Okay. And then uh, one other thing I didn't ask, which is kind of important, is what level is your heat right now? Medium. Medium. Yeah. On a gas stove, I yeah, see. So, yeah, on the gas stove, it looks, looks like that. 
I don't know if you can see that right there, but it's beautiful. Yeah. So it's not going bonkers, but it's also not just this, you know, the kind of a kind of a medium flame. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Awesome. So off we go to crap crap world now. All right. This is new for me. I've never made them, um, so I'm excited to see how this goes. Okay. So here's another thing for the breakfast thing with kids. I have butter melted in here, or it used to be melted. <laughs> It was melted. It's kind of there, yeah. But we don't need the butter even. Like crepes are super, speaking of cast iron skillets, crepes are super tolerant things. So pancakes, as long as you've got the flour in there and you've got the eggs and you've got, you know, whatever else you want in there, it's going to go. Just like kids. Yeah. I They're mean, you can do flour tolerant. and water. Yeah, totally. So we'll, we'll crack this guy and, you know, crepes in general, the difference between crepes and pancakes is more liquid and more eggs. I did not know that. See, you should have quizzed me because I wouldn't have passed that one. Marty. We could have been even. Marty. I know. Well, I don't, I, I just haven't had many uh, crepes in my lifetime. Really? Uh-uh. Well, um, so you're mixing in a couple so of eggs to, to the be butter. In first. Yep, eggs in the butter. That was about a teaspoon of vanilla extract. And my secret is a little bit of ground nutmeg. Oh my gosh, I love that nutmeg grinder. I think that brings out the flavor of the crust. Is that specifically good. for nutmeg? Um, yeah. I'll you take one of those for Christmas you too. Throw in the little nut. Uh huh. And then you pull the spring up, and the nut loads, and then you grind it up. Nice. Works great, especially for things like. We use a lot of nutmeg around my house. Yeah. For holiday season. Nice. So. I do a cup of water and a cup of milk, but honestly, what I really do when you guys aren't watching is just improvise it. Yeah. There's that theme again. I'm an improvise. I'm an improviser when it comes to cooking. Um, I do a lot of things by sight, but that also comes from experience. Mm -hmm. It's all improvisation. It's the totally. same thing. Just like music. And I think. Um, you know, you can do this with all milk and no water, but I think what that does is it ends up um, making it a little bit too substantial, especially if you want to draw your attention to the spices and the subtleties and this ah, stuff. That is a really good tip. So I like to keep it a little wetter, you know, and, and watery just to have it not intrude on the flavors of everything else. And this is looking like a good consistency, but I might add a little bit more water. So uh, while you're whipping that up, I know we're going to move on to the next ingredient. Um, mm -hmm. I've been told that you are what they call a multi-instrumentalist. Wow. So I was thinking about that. I was like, when you were like, what song do you want to sing? I was thinking to myself, what song can I sing? <laughs> and the reason is because with Mark, the work that we've been doing. With Mark, uh, Mark Powers. Powers. we got to yeah. drop that name there. Of course. So Mark Powers, one of the most incredible humans you'll ever come across. I 100% agree. Yeah. He's an amazing guy and I love him. So he and I have been doing a recording project over the past year, just a year. And we've put out, uh, well, I did one album with digital drums and then I did two albums with Mark. Um, and now we're in a string of single songs in other languages, so French, Spanish, and Italian. Um, and so those are coming out. There's actually one coming out maybe even today. And, and so you've got a whole bunch of singles yeah. and three, three albums, albums yeah. this year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> over the past, not since January. Good job. But over the past Good 12 months. Good job. Thank you. But, um, it's been a blast, but it's also been a true recording project, right? Yeah. So. Uh, so, you know, I layer all those harmonies and all those instruments 
and I can't, I haven't performed the songs except for once, which you can see on my Facebook page or Instagram page. Right. Um, and you it. have some pretty amazing videos. Uh, I think I saw it on your Facebook page. Yeah. Um, there was an amazing tang, I think it's tango dancer. Yeah. A couple dancing. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So, so that, um, these guys are onto the right thing, which is what hopefully you'll eat here in a little bit, people. But um, I, one of the, the best tricks for using a cast iron skillet is to remember that it's hot for a long time. Yeah. So when you, after you turn off the heat. So when you're not done yet, turn it off and let it keep cooking, just like a meat that's coming off of a grill or things like that. So I probably had that on there a little bit too mm. long, but it's actually going to be just fine. That smells so good. All right, I should yeah. let you cook this one. Yeah, so now we're going to do the crepes. All right, I'm just going to put a little Parmesan cheese on here. And this is goat cheese as well. Oh, wow, look at that. Yeah. This is what you serve yeah. for breakfast? Yes, every day. To your children? Every day. It's that become a, a routine that beautiful. is now expected of me. And it, it's, yeah, It keeps beautiful. me going. So Mark Powers, I mean, it's such a pleasure to work with. And what I do is I record these songs, all these layers and different instruments, digital stuff, and then I send it to Mark, and Mark sends me the drums back, and then I mix it, and then we release it. So it's been super fun, but I haven't, I've only had that one performance, which was here with friends and tango dancers just a couple months ago uh, of one of the songs. And uh, you know, other than that, you know, what Mark says, it's, it's gonna take a little army to perform these songs, and it's true. But that's one of my dreams is to get like a mini chamber orchestra or something like that mm -hmm. and per do one concert with some of the best songs. That sounds beautiful. Be so I will be there. Okay. We, you just we'll have to let me there. know. Me and 20,000 listeners, I will all be there. <laughs> well, we'll get you up there. And, and uh, boy, I would love to hear your voice. This is that Kerrygold butter, oh, by the way. Oh, well, well um, we can arrange that at some point. I mean, for some of those songs. Using my savory spatula. Oh, I love these spatulas because they are two of them, usually for these breakfasts. So they sit here like this, twin spatulas spin, you know, because there's usually something savory and something sweet. Oh. And so what time are you cooking this tomorrow? We're all coming back. 6.45 in the morning. Can you handle? Oh, that's not going to be for Joni. She this doesn't get up happen. until a little bit. She's a night owl. Yeah. So am I, naturally. That's been my hardest challenge with kids is just... Getting up? Yeah, and I work till 3 in the morning sometimes. But oh. My wife is off early, so it's 6.30 no matter what. You oh. know? Okay, so we've got this crepe mix here. Okay, it was super easy. I, super easy. I guess I never realized really what the batter was. Yeah, it's basically just, you could do it with flour and water. Yep. Really? And then flour, water, eggs. I can't wait to and see this. And then get the milk in there too. Okay, so we've got these guys. Creme fraiche, we've got our thing. We did all this stuff, and we've got our pistachio butter that we'll start doing. So these come hot off the press, right? Okay. Once you get the crepe going, like it's game time. So we got, we need a little game time. Play. I'll make one of these for the uh, for this whole deal. Okay, great. So you can see what it would look like, and then I'll make the rest if everybody's. Hungry. You make the rest when we feed the crew later. Yeah. You can see them off camera. They're all salivating over yeah. here. <laughs> They're like, yes, we can't wait to eat. 
So, so we've got a second cast iron skillet with um, some Irish cream. Yep. Oh, no, pure, pure Irish, Irish butter. butter. That Kerrygold butter. Kerrygold butter. It's in my it. favorite. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like it's just so tasty. So then I, I'll just grab a um, a little bit of this stuff and get it going here. If you've got your this is the crimp mix. If you've got the right consistency, mm -hmm. oh, I, didn't, I didn't have this high enough. You need to have this on medium as well. But what happens is you just spread this out. With the spatula, you just kind of yep. spread out the batter in the pan. Yeah, and if you go, I don't know if anybody here has ever been to Morocco or um, Northern Africa or the Middle East, but what you'll find is, is people have this little um, instrument that almost looks like, if you can picture the rod that would go on the bottom of a curtain that you pull down. So uh, it's like a dowel with another dowel. It's basically a T. And they wet it and then they go, whoa, and they just spin right over the, the crap. And so what that does is it just distributes this batter out. So I, that that's get, cool. Yeah, it's super cool. Necessity so, is the mother of invention, you know. Yeah, so that's what you can give me for Christmas because so I. So I did sneak a peek. That was about a half a cup that you put in the center of that uh, yeah. pan. Yeah. So, crepes you don't really have to flip. Yep. I do, but I like it that way. I would not have known that. Yeah. So we're almost there with this guy. I really? Really? Cook. Yeah. Already? So when it's that thin, it just gets super quick to cook. So what I'm going to do is mix in the pistachio, powdered sugar, salt, mm -hmm. butter uh -huh. into the middle of that guy. Okay. And then we're I'm gonna, not going to argue with you there. Okay, good. <laughs> and then we're going to put the creme fraiche on top and then some local honey. This is actually from Westland mm. um, at the farmer's market, which is starting back up here shortly. Oh, yeah. We have such wonderful farmer's markers, oh, so markets good. here in Oregon. They're beautiful. So good. That's one of the my great joys of this place so far. Let's see if this comes up. Yep. Oh my gosh, look at that. It is actually kind of a whole, that's super thin pancake. Mm -hmm. Only a little bit different consistency, that's not it. as cakey. Just watery, watery. And so again, that's you don't want it too thick because then it, then it just gets a little egotistical. It's like, it's all about me. <laughs> Um, but you don't want your food to say, it's all about me. Yeah, you don't want to do that. You want it to be like, we're in this together, guys. Okay, so yeah, then, so, like family. So you want to be like, did you taste that creme fraiche? And by the way, it's pistachio, <laughs> not almonds. So that's the goal, is to have it all working together. So what's nice about this is this has been heating up a little bit, and it's probably a little browner on this other side, hopefully, but it's also still, the pan is still heating up. But there we go. So you just roll your roll pistachio yeah. combo in the middle. Uh -huh. Love that. And the next one, you want to get a little bit of a browning on that, but this is going to be good for starters. That's okay. You'll get another chance. Yeah. Wow. So you put a little creme fraiche on a it, a, fraiche. Uh, like a healthy dollop. Yeah. And well, then... Because my kids are going to want it to be filling. <laughs> and it always has to be equal, right? Otherwise, there's going to be arguments everywhere. What I would do with this, too, just for the visual of it. A little it, nutmeg? A little nutmeg. Just a little bit. Ta-da! Well, there we go. Pretty straightforward. But with the pistachio that's kind of savory on the inside, and then the cooling flavor of the, of the creme fraiche uh, and that sweet honey, it's going to be good. Perfect. Yeah. So where's the fork? Well, you ready? Do I eat that first or do I eat that first? Well, I told you, start with the savory. Okay, but well, you then can do whatever you want. Dish it up, let me taste okay. it, and then we'll get on to this more music stuff. Okay. 
So you uh, have this gorgeous viola. Is it a violin or a viola? It's a viola. It is a viola. It's beautiful. Um, most instruments like this have a history. Does yours? It does. So, but it's probably not the, the, the story that you'd think. I'd have to take you through my violins for that. But um, this was actually a pawn shop purchase. And I went there with Andrea Algeri. Do you know Andrea? Uh, no. Oh my gosh, you don't know Andre Algeri. Okay, you gotta get Not him. Not yet. You gotta get him for um, pizza. Okay. I was gonna actually. Love it. And so you got your violin, I mean your viola from the pawn shop. Yeah, I do want to show you this though. This is what I use for the kids in the morning. Oh. So there's always these different little areas. I could there. be eating off the, 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 I the tray. I could switch it for you if you want. Oh, I'm okay. <laughs> I don't know how your kids would feel about sharing. But I do want to taste this real quick. So I've got the frittata and the dish stuff out. And I'm actually going to pause a moment and get out of the way and let Henry take a picture. So that. it's all pretty. So all right. I'm going to dig in there with you. All right, yes. So um, this looks delicious. Thank you so much for dishing it up. And I have to do the savory first. Mm -hmm. So, okay, here's the savory. Castor. And I did, I snuck a potato off mm -hmm. of it while you were getting some rosemary for the plate. How to do Oh, look at that brown. Yeah, I like that. Look at that. I, like I that. love brown. That's all the caramelization of the, of the sweet potato and the ham. Mm -hmm. That's really good. Mmm. But you get the sweet potato, the ham, the rosemary. Mm, wow. Comes out. And then the goat cheese and the Parmesan on top, because the Parmesan has a little salty flavor. The goat cheese kind of bitters it down a bit. It's the perfect combination of salty, sweet, um, and it's healthy, and it is outstanding. And we snuck some veggies into the kids' And gullets. spinach. And you know what? I don't. Uh, I like raw spinach, uh -huh. but ever since I was a kid, I kind of have an aversion to cooked spinach, but not inside a dish like this. I'll mm -hmm. eat that all day long. Yep. Came together. You are a fantastic cook. Well, thank you. Yes, it came together quite well. Okay, we're going to try this yeah, crepe. Yeah, like, on to the delicious sweet thing. We're going to try the crepe. All right. You gotta get some. Of I gotta get into the pistachio, pistachio. part, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And do I like, cut it in half again, or I just eat it? Uh, I'm gonna get a little. Leave that up to you. The creme fraiche. I'm gonna should. be more polite. I'm gonna cut it in half again because I'm just like brush. that. All right, here we go. You just go for it. The thing about the creme fraiche is that it balances out that pistachio mm -hmm. sweets. You've got the whole sweet salty thing. Mm, Not to mention salty. healthy. Yeah. So. Yes, sweet, salty. It's so mm, good. Isn't it? So good. Mm -hmm. I'm coming in here with you because I want to make oh, sure I believe do. you. And your kids get both of these dishes in a day? Yeah, they'll get both of these things. It's kind of a daily process for me. It's like something savory, something sweet. It's like My family always cooked and we always had people over. Yeah. Um, I mean, we always were creative cooks, uh -huh. but... This we never had this for breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is impressive. I'm just gonna have one more bite. I mm, think the other so thing, good. the reasons beyond the health health components um, that I do this for the kids, is to, is because I'm more of a modeler than a teacher for them. You know, and so I can't say eat, you know because I've wanted to say eat this because it's good for you, right? No, I approach these kids with this logic that they don't have yet. Mm -hmm. So I, I can't do that, but what I can do is do it over and over and over again. 
and now they're starting to see it. I'm sorry. You are a smart guy. You are a smart dad. <laughs> These are delicious foods. Well, thank you. And now I want to um, delve into your music. Yeah, oh yeah, so you asked about this fight, Viola. And I went with Andrea Algeri, who you, I'm sure, will be doing. Well, who I'm going to meet soon because um, this person um, is it a guy? Yeah. So this Andrea Algeri. He's going to make me pizza. Yeah. So he's the connection between Mark and me. Oh, I understand now. He's the bridge. Yeah, he is. He's from Southern Italy. Um, he's one of my dearest friends, um, and he was the he's the lead singer and kind of the core of the band Umbrascato, mm -hmm. and that's where Mark and I met together. Right, and you've been playing with that band for about ten years now, right? Yeah, almost a, almost a decade. I had to back out. The band was doing so well; they were kind of touring within three to five hours pretty regularly, and I just couldn't do that with the twins, and so. Rather than being the Portland guy with the band and saying, but I can't do these long distance gigs, I just, you know, speaking of integrity, I, I felt like it was better to say, I can't, I can't do it. But guys. it gave you the opportunity to do your own music. Yeah, it did. But Andrea Algeri makes a great pizza and he's very charismatic and you'd love to have him on the show, I'm sure. But, All right. But this, we went to a pawn shop together. He's thrifty, kind of like me. Gr grew up, you know, not of means really like me. He and I relate to each other on so many different levels, but we went to this pawn shop, saw the viola and he's always looking for some deal. And so he's moving a guitar this way and an amp this way and he said, look, there's a viola. And so I played. The, I looked at this viola. I played it, and I thought it sounds really good. So then, in a pawn shop, what do you do? You say, "Hmm, it's only worth this much," you know, because what you, you know, I played it, and it sounds good. The person at the pawn shop had no idea about a viola, and so I felt like I had a lot of bargaining power. So I, I talked him down to a pretty good price for this. But I have no idea if it's a good viola or not. <laughs> It's a good viola if you make good music. Yeah, on it. and if it means something to you, then yeah. it's perfect. Yeah. So the connection with Andrea, um, and uh, it's it's been used in many songs on the three albums and singles that Mark and I uh, put out. And you've um, been playing since you were young. Yeah. So I played. I took um, with this woman named Clyde Watson. I took violin lessons, and the way that worked out was that I was leaving school one day and ready to go home, which was this way, but then my mom went this way, and I said, <laughs> where are we going? And she said, to your first violin lesson. And you went, what? Oh, yeah, but it, I'm it's actually- It's kind of like spinach in the food, right? Yeah. She just surprised yeah. you with it. But I, I'm, I'm pretty game for new experiment, experiences. You know, I feel like there's something you can get out of everything, and so, but this one obviously stuck with me, and, and that teacher was wonderful, but classical music never really, really suited me in and of itself. I was always more of an improv-oriented person. I understand. That's what I was gonna say, yeah, when you were talking about your your. I love classical music. I played it a, a lot, but it's, it's not what I'm good at. Yeah. You probably are, but it probably doesn't feel that way, you know, it's because not, you don't it love it as much. It doesn't sing to my soul. Yeah. See, me, me like with violin, you know, uh, you know, what people might not know about the violin who don't know anything about violin is um, that there are no frets on it. Like if you compare it to a guitar, there are these different lines that are metal that are called frets, and you can put your finger here. So the, the frets are right here under my pinky. And you can put your finger here, and the frets basically do the work of intonation. So they, they keep that note in tune, more or less, depending if your finger is in between the frets. But with a violin or viola, there's none of that. 
So when you press down, you better be right, because otherwise you're gonna, it's going to sound not <laughs> like what you want it to. you throw it in. Oh, yeah, I meant to do that. And it's yeah. all part of the improv, right? That's exactly right. That's exactly <laughs> right. Yeah, so I like that bendy, shifty, worry there, worry not feel. And what I like about that is that life is not made of frets. It's without frets. It's fretless. Uh, life so, is fretless. Life is fret. I feel fretless right now. That's a good thing. Yeah, it is a good thing because those little imperfections. You know, Leonard Cohen. Uh, I think it was Leonard Cohen who said, uh, "Everything has a crack in it. That's how the light gets in." Uh, so oh, that's I love the, that the too. same idea with the, with the frets. If you don't hit that note quite and then give it to somebody, you know, they feel that because it feels more like life. I can't wait to hear you play. All right. <laughs> okay. So let's do a little. All right. Hit me. What, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tune into whatever you're doing here. Mike's, Mike's okay?
goodness. Super fun. Totally improvising, and I haven't totally done anything quite like that before. So yeah. fun. I'm usually like doing. Yeah. Oh, we got a we got applause from the crew. So <laughs> that was really fun. Yeah, for sure. Do you um, play? Like, have you written a lot of the music? We sit with violin and guitar and. There's keys and lots of digital stuff. So you stuff play too. piano too? Not really. <laughs> Not really. But it's on the recording. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so technically, yes. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a, there, so. Something important for the music um, is that the whole, my whole, you know, you, people say you're your own worst critic. Critic. It takes me approximately five microseconds to say this is crap and it needs to stop now. <laughs> Um, and so the whole exercise. But life is fretless. Life is Come fretless. On. So that's this whole point is that the, you know, Malcolm Gladwell, I don't know if you know him, but he's an author who says, um, in the, I think it was the book Blink, he said the secret ingredient to improvisation is yes. Yes. And, and if you don't, if, if you say that's not what this is in the improv session, the improv's not funny. You know, but if you say, aha, and, you know, yeah. then it's funnier. And so the, my whole approach to the music has been to say, if I have an idea, I will make something of this and I will not stop. And so part of the prolific component of this past year has been just that MO to say, I'm taking this through because art is work. It's not just inspiration. It's not just the light came down and gave it to you. Yeah. Do it. And in this day and age, too, it's so, you know, I mentioned I made that music sitting right there with my laptop and a USB mic. Anybody can do that now. And so, you know, how do artists make money now? Yeah, I mean, and you get, you argue about a $50 ticket, you know, a $15 ticket even still to see somebody. Yeah. Artists need a living to make art. That's right. Uh, and I remember I had a couple of painting shows and, uh, you know, I, I wanted to price my art to to sell to people who wanted them. You know? Okay. AKA, he's also a painter. Well, so this, I don't know if you can see that cow there. Um, or bull, but yeah, that's a digital drawing that I printed onto canvas. But just doing that, the printing it and putting it on a canvas is like you're up at 200 bucks just doing that. Yeah. Not to mention your time. And yes. so for, for real artists who are making incredible art, and you see those price tags of $8,000, I mean, you understand why. They yeah. can't do it otherwise. You have well, to support I mean, your artists. I mean, if you think about how many hours it takes us to put into a song, yeah. all the creation that goes into it, yeah. um, and then it starts costing you money. Yep. So, um, so three albums, where can people find this music? Yeah, so uh, it's Dylan Dean and Mark Powers. So our albums are DDMP. Zero one and zero two. Ooh. So trying to keep it pretty pretty simple, but you know, it's one of those things also where people say D D P M. What the? What was that? Does that have a special meaning? Dylan Dean, Mark Powers. Okay. Right, it's all under my name, so Dylan Dean. You can stream it anything Spotify, Pandora, Apple Music, TikTok. It's available anywhere you you listen. And it's to on. Music. They if they find if they search for Dylan Dean, they'll find you. Yep, they should. Okay. And someday soon, you're gonna have a website. That 
that they can yeah. that they can go to. And when you get that, you let me know, and I'll put the word out as well. So okay. we'll we're definitely going to do that. I want to take a moment to encourage our listeners to subscribe not only to the YouTube channel, but please subscribe to the podcast. It is uh, really helpful uh, to know that there are people out there listening to um, interviews with wonderful creators like you, Mr. Dylan Dean. Thank you very much. So, and I want to just say thank you so much for being oh, on, the, on the podcast. Oh, it's very much my honor and pleasure. I, I really appreciate, appreciate it. you and all you guys very much. Thank you for your time. I'm your host, jazz singer Marty Mendenhall. Check out the new Marty's Music Kitchen Season 1 Cookbook featuring recipes, photos, and innovative QR codes so you can listen to the podcast while you cook. Buy it today at martymendenhall.com or on Amazon. Thanks so much for listening and see you next time on Marty's Music Kitchen.